Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. It's Wednesday, September 28th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, announced that it has taken down the first targeted campaign by the Chinese to interfere with U.S. elections. The campaign was limited and not very sophisticated, but it does signal a change from more broadly criticizing American foreign policy to getting involved in domestic politics. Stephen Lee Myers, correspondent of the New York Times, joins us for how leading up to the midterm elections, we're seeing another influence campaign. Next, amid droughts and winter shortages and increased efforts to conserve water, low flow showers are getting more attention. As more states are passing laws restricting showerhead flow, bath companies are working hard to highlight the technology in their fixtures that make it feel like you're getting more with less water. James Tarmy, reporter at Bloomberg News, joins us for what to know. Finally, the holiday shopping season will quickly be upon us, and the places where kids are going to discover the toys they want are YouTube and TikTok. The season's hot toys are closely tied to apps, video games, and influencers, and advertising for these products is shifting from TV to social media. Jennifer Kingston, chief correspondent at Axios, Join us for where to find out which are the top holiday toys. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. You know, the fact that one account switches from being sort of a conservative voice to then switches and being a liberal voice, that I guess could, you know, tip somebody off. But, you know, certainly when they did the research, they were able to come to a fairly strong conclusion that that these were not legitimate uses online. Joining us now is Stephen Lee Myers, correspondent at the New York Times covering disinformation. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. It's my pleasure. Well, let's talk about what we saw out of Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. On Tuesday, they said that they discovered and taken down what they described was the first targeted Chinese campaign to interfere in U.S. politics. This is coming ahead of the midterm elections. It seems every time we're going into an election cycle, get ready for some of these influence campaigns, whether it be from Russia. Now we're seeing it coming out of China. So, Stephen, what did we see in this? Because we saw it seemed like a very small effort, uh, a little clumsy at times, but still, I mean, it points to this broader notion of this is just going to keep happening over and over. So what did we see in this case? You know, the important thing to remember is China has a pretty aggressive and pretty sophisticated propaganda arm. Um, They're constantly using social media uh, around the globe to, you know, advance their positions on important issues of the day around the world and so forth. Also, usually 
touting the Communist Party rule in China as a model of governance and so forth. What was different in this case was that they seemed to be covertly trying to stir the pot in American politics. And as the um, Ben Nemo at Meta talked about, that seemed to be a new direction for them. They were trying something out. For years, you've seen China criticize the United States government for its policies, for its criticisms of China on human rights, for example. But they've more or less stayed out of American politics. You know, in, in 2016, 2020, when we saw this big Russian effort, China hadn't really taken that approach before. This seemed to be the first time they had done that in a way that kind of echoed the Russian approach. But as you point out, it was pretty small compared to, for example, what Russia has been doing around the war in Ukraine, much larger effort. But, you know, we don't know exactly what the motivation was, whether it was just a, a one-off or maybe they're testing the waters to see what sure. might work and what might not. And so tell us some of the uh, red flags, I guess, that showed up when they started doing this. Right away, I mean, there was a lot of red flags because uh, Meta was able to catch this pretty easily, it seemed like. I think that it's also more of a matter of they have tools to find inauthentic behavior online. That is when somebody's posing as something else and their own automatic systems can track some of these down and flag them. In some cases, they're alerted to them by users, um, legitimate users who report suspicious behavior. But, you know, what makes these difficult sometimes is that, you know, they they can seem fairly innocuous. You know, the one of one of the uh, accounts you know, responded under a picture of Governor DeSantis in Florida, more or less cheering him on uh, on an issue. And, you know, that wouldn't for a user who encountered that, uh, you know, under a post from the governor, you might not think that was that unusual. So it, they, it, they're they not easy to find these yeah. things. And every time they find them, I suspect there are a lot more that they're not yet finding. And so, you know, in this case, I think that the, the, coordinate, the coordinated nature of the posts that were coming from China and some of the language and all of that, I think they, that those were red flags, but I don't think they necessarily tipped them off easily. I think that it, it was only when they went and looked and found these suspicious accounts echoing each other and so forth that they saw that it was coordinated, first of all. It's not just random Chinese people. And, you know, it and it and it seemed to be aimed at it with a certain purpose of, of, again, interfering. You know, the fact that one account switches from being sort of a conservative voice to then switches and being a liberal voice that I guess could, you know, tip somebody off. But, you know, certainly when they did the research, they were able to come to a fairly strong conclusion that that these were not legitimate uses online. Meta had also announced that they took down a much larger Russian influence operation that began sometime in May. This primarily focused on other countries, but in their report, they also mentioned that there was kind of this overlap between the Russian and the Chinese campaigns. They weren't necessarily in cahoots with each other, but they were using each other's propaganda to kind of keep pushing different messages. Increasingly, as tensions with the United States and China worsen, you see China becoming much more vocal in opposition to the U.S. and then that and that is often in concert. Sometimes it seems even coordinated with the Russian position, uh, which is also extremely critical of American foreign policy. And since the war began, especially, you've seen China uh, give an enormous amount of rhetorical, political, diplomatic support to the Russian war. They claim they haven't 
taken sides, but clearly their their hearts are with the Russians. And so on issues like biological weapons, which is one of these fake reports that comes out of Russia constantly, you'll see Chinese state media, the Chinese accounts of diplomats on Facebook, on Twitter, echoing the accusations that are being leveled, the baseless accusations, I should say, being leveled by the Russians. So it's not a big surprise to see that there's an echo there, that that they share a worldview, to be honest. And that comes across in all of their media. And and so in this case, made note of it in their report today, Meta did. But I don't think it was it, it wasn't a sign that these two campaigns were particularly coordinated together. Stephen Lee Myers, correspondent at the New York Times covering disinformation. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The baseline that they created is soon going to become the standard, I argue, for the rest of the country. So it's it's pretty useful to know what it is that you're buying and, and what it is that other people are using. Joining us now is James Tarmy, reporter at Bloomberg News. Thanks for joining us, James. Thanks so much for having me. Well, let's talk about low flow showers and how they're back in the spotlight right now. So we're seeing water shortages and droughts all over the U.S., especially pronounced in the western U.S. Um, I've said it a bunch of times. I'm in California. So over here, we have some of the most stringent water caps on a lot of different things. When we're talking about shower heads, we're looking at a maximum of 1.8 gallons. Toilets, we're looking at 1.8. Two eight gallons, and you know other states have uh, are just double that really. And so what we're seeing now is a lot of these companies, makers of shower heads and these other things, really start promoting the the new technology that they're working on, different ways to make it seem like that less water feels like a lot more. So James, tell us a little bit more about it. Really, the pioneer for this has been California, simply because California has had water issues for a really long time, fifty years at this point. And as California continued to set stricter and stricter water flow standards, companies had to basically try to meet them in creative ways. And so they invested a huge amount of their own money into R&D and came up with a couple of different pretty standard ways to make it feel like you're standing underneath the waterfall, even if you're, in fact, just getting a trickle. And the real trick of this is that the baseline that they created is soon going to become the standard I argue, for the rest of the country. So it's, it's pretty useful to know what it is that you're buying and, and what it is that other people are using um, yeah. as, as states around the country. And in fact, other countries around the world begin to reconsider the ways in which they legislate water usage. So let's talk a little bit about some of this new technology that they're doing on this. A lot of it has to do with aerating the water, making, mm-hmm. uh, putting air into the water droplets, fixing the spread of the water. As you mentioned, their, their whole goal is to make it feel like uh, you're not doing anything or you know, there is no change. But what are the, some of the technologies they're working on? Yeah, so every company has uh, what it says is, is its own proprietary technology, but they really do boil down to two kind of basic concepts. One is how they distribute the water, and the second is kind of how large the droplet size actually can get. And so think about what a showerhead actually is, right? It's, it's just a thing at the end of a pipe. So what they're working with is actually pretty limited. And what they've basically had to do is try to figure out ways in which 
to increase pressure in a very, very tight amount of space in between the pipe in the wall and the water coming out of the nozzles. And so really what that that means is they have tried to very, very carefully rejigger the number of holes in an actual nozzle. So when you look up at your shower head, if you can count whatever it is, 30, 20, 10 nozzles, that's not actually all there is. Inside of each nozzle, in some cases, companies have, have put three, five, even more holes. And what that does is it creates a sort of like coating spray as opposed to like a sort of linear flow. That's one way. The other way is really pretty easy to to describe because it's just mixing air and water and the droplet sizes get larger. And so it's much easier to feel like you're being coated in the shower. And the aeration technology is certainly not new. Um, As I say in my piece, one of the easiest ways to figure out if water has been aerated is to put it in a clear cup. And if it's sort of milky white, that's just the air mixing with water, which is also helpful if you're ever at a corporate water fountain and uh, <laughs> fill, fill up your cup and think, oh my God, there's a problem with the water. It's not. It's That's that's literally air. The water consumption has plummeted because of a lot of the, uh, this stuff. You know, you made mention of, about California in the 90s. Per capita, people in the state were using 231 gallons and 30 years later, it fell 61% to about 91 gallons a day. So, you know, these new technologies are helping and working. The shower heads don't in some way immerse the user. They'll just end up taking a longer shower, right? So it's not just that low flow has to restrict water. It actually has to do the job of more water because otherwise there won't actually be water reduction. People will just waste more time. And so the proof is really in the pudding here because water reduction is absolutely down per capita in a lot of different places, not just California. But also people continue to buy low flow shower heads, meaning that if they're buying a new hat, well, in California, you're actually mandated to, uh, if you replace your shower head, to replace it with low flow one. But elsewhere in the country, people choose, actively choose low flow shower heads over two and a half gallon per minute shower heads because it works just as easily and it works just as well. So in a certain respect, the companies themselves want people to enjoy these things and want, they want them to be functional because they want people to buy them. And, and right. then on a municipal and state level, people want these things to work because obviously there's a just catastrophic drought across a ton of the United States. James Tarmy, reporter at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. 
oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. They still want the Barbie dream house and the squishmallows and a spirograph, but they're learning about them through TikTok or YouTube rather than through a toy catalog that came in the newspaper or a TV show. Joining us now is Jennifer Kingston, chief correspondent at Axios. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Hey, Oscar. Well, let's talk about hot toys out there right now. I, I mean, the holiday shopping season is going to be here before anybody knows it. And uh, right now what we're seeing is, I mean, obviously social media plays such a huge part in everybody's lives, but toy companies are really scrambling to get hot on social media. I mean, a lot of them are not even advertising on TV anymore. They're moving towards influencer campaigns, things like that. And as kids are uh, spending so much more time on places like TikTok, uh, I mean, uh, that's where they're finding what they want and then they start begging their parents for all that stuff so jennifer tell us what we're seeing right now there's been a really pronounced and dramatic cultural shift oscar in where kids discover the toys they want where they see them played with where they go to to consume their media when i was young and when my children were young we we watched saturday morning cartoons and the tv commercials that were on then were the toys that we wanted now some of the toys are the same. It's just where kids discover them that's different. They still want the Barbie dream house and the squishmallows and a spirograph, but they're learning about them through TikTok or YouTube rather than through a toy catalog that came in the newspaper or a TV show. Right. And recently there was a holiday toy preview event in New York City. And a lot of the people there that were there presenting, you know, whatever they think is going to be blowing up for the season and all that were really open about how they've shifted a lot of that marketing from TV to influencer campaigns. It was really pronounced to me. I'm someone who's covered the toy industry for a long time. I absolutely love toys, and I go to this summer preview for the holiday every year when I can. I've noticed for a couple of years now the rise of apps that are tied to toys. So a lot of toys come with, with a, an app tie-in that bridges the digital and the physical. You buy a doll, and it's got a code that you get online to unlock something new in your Roblox video games or for your Nintendo Switch. This year, for the first time, I felt there was a real tipping point towards influencers and social media stars. Kids used to want to be pop stars, rock music 
band members. <laughs> right. Now they all want to be an influencer. There's a shape puzzle toy called Canoodle. And this thing is 16 years old, but it just had this big revival on TikTok from a, a math teacher, I guess, who really just started uh, playing around with the toy a little bit, started posting videos of the game and all that. And it's kind of took on a life of its own. That's right. And the company that makes it was blindsided. It's a toy called Canoodle. It's 16 years old. It's a sort of shape-fitting puzzle. It looks like a Tetris come alive where you have to sort different puzzle pieces into a, a box. And a, uh, a math teacher who calls herself Miss Arlene and goes by the green name Silent Math started using a hashtag called Canoodle Challenge. She thought it was a great way for uh, young people to learn uh, to do solve math problems. She started doing lots of videos. They caught on. Who knew that on, on a format like that, even a math teacher could go viral and become an influencer? But it sparked a huge sale in the Canoodle puzzle to the extent that Miss Arlene's idea of different ways to create a pyramid out of the out of the puzzle pieces inspired the company to come out with a product that's launching next year called Canoodle Pyramid. It's a real example of uh, viral social media influencing the toy business. One good thing in all of this is that we are seeing a lot of products with STEM tie-ins and uh, another emerging category that's catering to kids' uh, emotional well-being, things like that. Coming out of the pandemic, toy makers are being really conscious of the emotional well-being of young people. One of the quote-unquote hot toys was a journal where you uh, record your feelings and you draw a picture of yourself. Here's how I look when I feel lonely. Here's how I look when I want some company. There were dolls with sensory features built into their clothing or their uh, fairy doll wings. So a, a child who uh, needed some comfort or had sensory issues could crinkle the skirt or feel the softness of the doll's hair to uh, have some comfort while playing with friends or going throughout his or her day. It was an interesting development that seemed to dovetail with all we've been hearing about the needs that children have these days right. for strength and well-being. We're going through this period of very high inflation. It's affecting everybody. And, you know, a lot of families need to cut back in, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, sometimes the toys have to take a back seat to things like this. But still, we've seen Amazon, Target and Walmart beef up their toy departments. Toys R Us is back in Macy's stores. So these uh, toy manufacturers, it, the industry is still pushing really hard. The bad news is that you're right. Toys are going to be more expensive this year. Inflation has hit the toy industry like everything else. But the good news is that toy sales are really robust and parents will find a lot of inventory, a lot of things that their kids want. It's expected not only the return of Toys R Us and Macy's, but also Amazon Prime Day, which we just discovered is going to be October 11th and 12th. There are going to be a lot of deals on toys. So that may be the time to start looking. Jennifer Kingston, Chief Correspondent at Axios. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.